welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Right, welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. I think we're on episode 13. Could be 14. Or it could be 13. Fuck. And I'll swore straight away. It's <laughs> a good way. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure I was in 13. Maybe it's wrong. I, don't know. I should know this. I should know this. Um, Father even still going, even at this, though. He's pretty pretty good. Pretty happy with that. So This will be 14. 14. Thank you, Paul. So hopefully those the astute around us have realised. There is myself, Ed and Paul. No Matt or Johnny again. Um, Matt's recovering from a heavy weekend. So then it, uh, those that follow his IG, was it uh, Master underscore Morgan, something like that? Although it'd be in the show notes, go have a look. Uh, you'll have seen he's gone out and had some pretty cool cocktails this weekend. And uh, yeah, I think he's feeling a bit worse for wear now, even though it's a Sunday. I only saw him post two, so I'm just assuming that two cocktails have, have served him well. <laughs> he's got his money's worth. <laughs> well, that's that diet in life, isn't it? Yeah, true, true. Low on calories... And obviously, trying to substitute food for alcohol, probably, and therefore it's hit him hard. Tell you what, if you want to get drunk, though, just be slightly dehydrated, don't eat anything, and you're going to have a very cheap night. <laughs> right. yep. Definitely, yep. definitely. Um, are we all dieting at the moment? No. Are you back in fat mode? Yeah, definitely. I'm full bulk. All bulk, not a fat bulk, full bulk. Nice. So, you're you're going for a little mini mini shredding phase, aren't you, Paul? Yeah, a little uh, trim of the fluff, as it were, just prior to going to a fat loss conference. I feel <laughs> I should. Surely you should do it afterwards once you've learned how to lose fat. Yeah, it's a, a point. <laughs> but no, I just felt uh, <laughs> I needed a little, uh, just a little um, step back for a bit. Nice, nice. It's, it's been, I quite enjoy it actually. Quite enjoy the regimented um, process. It's fun. It's funny you say that because uh, I'm a little bit similar to a certain extent now. Like the thought of dieting now, after being obviously having a lot of freedom, having a lot of calories to play with, is horrible. When you start doing it, you do kind of get a bit involved in the process, and like you say, the mm-hmm. kind of the structure, the regimen of it, the fact that you know it's working to a certain extent when you're hungry and stuff is yeah it, do, it does get a little bit addictive i think i think a lot of that comes what we talked about before with that the the results and the the actual yeah the results of it come quite quickly which is why it's like far more like self-motivating than than like trying to build muscle like it's almost the opposite isn't it trying to build muscle so slow it's just so hard to kind of keep with it and and keep yourself motivated but when you're dieting you start to see like like if you're like shredded ed here you diet for what was it, 24 hours and all of a sudden you've got abs like, six, six hours <laughs> six hours how's that <laughs> Ed missed a meal with then popped an ab <laughs> they're out yeah that was quite funny <laughs> um, yeah it's, uh, well I've, I've been dieting all week my weight hasn't changed at all I've maintained my weight for seven days pretty much 85 kilos on the nose um, but I do look a little leaner so hopefully things are moving in the right direction but I uh, I played hockey yesterday for the first time, well, first game of the season. 
And uh, I was trying to think, like, oh, God, I just don't feel as fit as I should be. I don't feel as like as quick as I normally am. Um, and I was trying to realise what was, well, trying to think what was different compared to last season. And I realised I'm 10 kilos heavier than I was last season. <laughs> that might be why. Yeah, I was at the end of my diet last September. Um, so I was about 76, 75 kilos, whereas now I'm at 85, so... I might take yeah, off five kilos and try and maintain around there for as long as possible. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that, that's the thing. It's like finding a... Because when you're dieting, I'm sure being in an energy deficit is going to affect your performance anyway. So when you're at that stage of a diet, like the tail end, you're probably going to not necessarily be performing optimally. Um, and then the flip side is when you're at this end where you're obviously a lot heavier than you were, again, you're not performing optimally. So it probably is finding that middle point where you're not fatigued from a diet, but you're not carrying around extra bulk you don't necessarily need. That's probably where it's, like, if, if performance and stuff is your goal, that's probably where you need to be, isn't it? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So, kind of energy levels are good and stuff at the moment, but like you say, it's just, it's so, so noticeable. Like, I still look like a skinny guy, um, but it's just amazing how much kind of extra weight you can carry. I'm hoping a little bit of that is some muscle, but, um, yeah, I don't want to get my hopes well, up too much. <laughs> hopefully for both of you, then, today's content will be prime. Yeah. In terms of, let's talk about how you might want to set up your diet. How you could start a diet. How you could start a diet. Yeah, I think this is going to be really good for kind of anybody who is slightly unsure, doesn't really know what they're supposed to do. Because um, I think there's so much kind of content out there, like even just posted by ourselves. It can get a bit confusing sometimes, and especially if you follow two or three different people and they're saying, you need to do this, 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 and this. It's like, oh, where do I start? So I think this could be a really good kind of reference point for people. Yeah, because uh, we did touch on the last podcast between me and you where we said about when people go for it, like, oh, I need to lose some weight and they want to start a diet. First thing they do is think, oh, I'm going to put my running shoes on and go out for a run. Or, or they do the opposite of, uh, and kind of think, well, actually, what I'm going to do is I'm literally just not going to eat you know, it's just going to starve themselves, diet almost. So I guess what we want to try and do is less, less people don't have to go to those extremes. Let's just give some people some applicable knowledge and some different types of methods you could use to basically start a diet. Yeah, yeah. So do you want me to take the, the reins? Yeah, crack okay. on. So kind of the way we were thinking of setting this up really was kind of stages of... Um, I don't know how to put it, stages of kind of how in, intense you want to go, I suppose. So it depends, obviously, like how much you've got to lose. If you've got 10 kilos to lose or 20 kilos to lose or 5 kilos to lose, you know, it, it's going to be very different for, for different people. So the leaner you are, the more kind of tight you have to be. Um, whereas if you've got maybe a little more to lose, then you can maybe be a bit more relaxed with things to an extent um, or you don't particularly have to kind of uh, be as regimented with things as well I think um, I think we just just to add into that we obviously said about the extremity of your goal also might have a uh, an effect on or no not an effect what's the right word have have some part of your decision making in terms of where you want to go with setting up your diet yeah for sure yeah yeah so if you wanted to get to like stage condition or something like ridiculously lean then you're gonna have to take your kind of consistency and methodicalness uh, about how you do things like to the next level because you want to go to an extreme whereas if you kind of just want to lose a little bit of weight just for 
because you want to, uh, to feel a bit better, or you're going on holiday or something, you just want to, you know, lose a couple of kilos, then you potentially just have to maybe make a few small changes, and that could come quite easily, um, compared to, you know, somebody who wants to go to that extreme. Um, yeah, so I think, kind of, you have to sort of pick and choose where you think you're at with this, but it's it's really good to kind of understand the full kind of spectrum or the full circle of different ways you could do things because I mean even if you just wanted to lose a few kilos if you went in being super strict with everything those few kilos is probably going to come off a lot quicker than if you were just kind of winging it a little bit uh, yeah um, definitely yeah. yeah I mean that's another thing that, that I suppose that, that we've said about how much you've got to lose how extreme your goal is but actually also what time frame that's obviously again like you just mentioned that's obviously probably an important factor in terms of again what approach you're going to use yeah massively like if you so i had a lady um contact me a week or so ago uh saying oh i've got my daughter's wedding in a couple of weeks like i want to lose load of weight for it i'm like great <laughs> nothing like leaving it to the last minute <laughs> so if, you, if you're booking a holiday now for six months time start now if you're wanting to lose a stone start now um don't leave it till three weeks beforehand um or, or what have you like it, it's always nice when you get people contacting you for coaching and you're they're like yeah so i booked a holiday for 18 months time i want to start now and i'm like wow this is amazing like you're so on the ball um compared to those who are like i'm going on holiday in two months work a miracle okay yeah <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a mate contact me ages ago and just said brett you're into your nutrition <laughs> it's like yeah Thanks. yeah kind of you could you could put it like that so it's a I go to Mexico in ten days. What can I do? I really need to get in in like really good shape for Mexico. I was like, "Do you know what, mate? Your best uh, method probably now at this point in time is just don't eat for ten days. <laughs> then you'll probably you probably look look alright. But other than that, you probably got to struggle." <laughs> when I went on my first lads' holiday, so I'd literally just turned eighteen, and I went to the gym a little bit, maybe like once, twice a week, maybe, um, and. Uh, me and my mate thought, right, the week before we go, we're gonna we're gonna hit this hard. Uh, so we went to the gym every single day. We did like an hour of weights, and then we did like twenty minutes of cardio at the end of every session. Um, and we thought that that'll be it. That'll be enough to to get us jacked and shredded uh, to fit in all these tank tops we've brought for the holiday. Uh, looking back on photos now, we were neither. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just on that. I know we're joking, and obviously, you know, even though they are actually true stories, obviously there's a bit of light-hearted banter on it. I think most people do need to consider one. Obviously, the point you already made, and that takes a long, a lot longer time than probably they realise or think. But also, probably the amount of weight you need to lose. Like, you probably got ideas of. I mean, you could. I kind of go around tangents around here, but. You kind of think, well, a lot of people think they need to lose X amount. You could probably double it, and probably, and that's probably more like the amount they might actually need to lose. And that generally is, you know, for for most people, even like going on holiday or the same amount people might think they need to lose in contest prep or photo shoot lean, that sort of stage as well. Quite often, you just carry so much more fat than you realise. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say because obviously, people have to kind of get their head around the fact that the visible fat that you see and you've also got your sort of visceral fat haven't you on mm -hmm. your around your organs and stuff which obviously you don't really see yourself losing but um so yeah obviously when you lose stuff like I, I think when I went from 86 down to 76 I still then think probably I could easily have got down to either sub 70 or 72 to actually make a real sort of shredded look as opposed 
if I had any mus- muscle mass at that point. That was a point I, I was going to make, actually. It's like you always, yeah. you never got as much muscle as you think when you do diet down, but I think we talked about oh, that no, in the walking one, didn't we? The, re- uh, the revealing yeah. of um, the lack of muscle. Of nothing. <laughs> I've got a couple of guys at the moment who uh, uh, they've done like my four-week challenge and uh, they're now one-to-one clients. And um, at the end of the four-week challenge, we would only dieted for four weeks, we lost a couple of kilos and... Um, he just goes, yeah, not going to have as much muscle as I thought. I kind of don't want to diet anymore just because he doesn't want to, to, to sort of see any more lack of, of anything. But uh, he's in good shape anyway. Um, but we're still dieting until he goes away. Um, but it was just, just funny because like, I thought exactly the same. And so many other guys say it as well. So it's just funny. Uh, right. Shall we? Um, so, yeah, Ed, you obviously, we, we kind of went off a bit of a tangent, but you're talking about kind of almost the hierarchy or levels of types of approach you can take. So you're going to yeah. obviously talk about the, probably the starting level for a lot of people, or maybe you even talk about it as the simplest level. Yeah, so I think this is kind of the easiest one that's, well, the one that's easiest to implement. So it's just kind of, I don't really know kind of what you'd want to call it. Some people might call it mindful eating or just kind of whatever you want to call it. It doesn't need a name. It's just making small changes. So... For some people, like changing their whole life in one evening isn't going to happen. It's, you know, it's how many times have we said we'll start on Monday? We've changed everything on Monday and resorted back to what we're doing before again on Tuesday because it's too much, too much of a step. It's too, you know, too big of a leap. So I think kind of changing a few things that doesn't necessarily mean we have to cut anything out completely or, um, you know, completely change our diet too much. Uh, I think that's probably like the first kind of simple step that a lot of people can make. So potentially just using like diet or zero drinks instead of full fat ones, or just using low fat options or lean meats. So if you're having like you're buying mints in for home, instead of buying the twenty percent fat ones, just buy the five percent fat ones because that's gonna, you know, it's a lot less calories because there's a lot less fat in there. Um, or maybe stick to kind of you know the white meats, so like cod or um, haddock for fish and um, you know your turkeys and chickens and stuff like because these all contain a lot less calories and still got you know plenty of protein in them um, and they still taste good we could use little food swaps so if you love potatoes maybe switch to things like butternut squashes or um, celeriac or celeriac even better yeah um, although you definitely have to season celeriac quite heavily because it has a bit what? of a, a perfumey taste to it uh, Nando's Piri Piri Salt on Celeriac is is a winner. Um, yeah, just just explain explain what I mean. That's that's a good example in a food swap. So sorry about him, but like potatoes, like two three hundred grams of potatoes. Say three hundred grams of potatoes is probably like two hundred and fifty calories or something. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I was going to say it's about hundred like grams that. is like ten grams of carbs or whatever, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, and you just think, yeah. well, the equivalent in Celeriac is something like you know, it might be like seventy five calories. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah. You're talking like nearly. You're talking nearly a quarter, or probably a quarter of the carbon calorie content than compared to potatoes. Now, okay, there's some great stuff in potatoes. Obviously, lots of fiber. And actually, I think celeriac's full of fiber. Yeah. But um, that, that just shows you like a very simple swap. If you can kind of get used to the difference in taste, can make a huge amount of difference to a lot of people's diets. Because I mean, we've said about it enough times on podcasts. A calorie deficit is what causes you to lose weight or what you need to lose weight. So if you can just keep your diet the same but swap out potatoes for celeriac, it can make quite a big difference. Yeah, hugely, yeah. So kind of I should have probably started with that, you know, just over 
reiterating the fact that you need to be in a calorie deficit. So you need to reduce the amount of calories you're eating. And that's why you would look at doing things like food swaps. So, you know, having either a low fat version or a low calorie version, or um, sometimes you have to watch with the low fat versions because they bang a load of sugar in it to make it taste nice, but still say it's low fat, but the calories are just the same. Um, but uh, yeah, so you need to reduce the calories in some way. So you, whether you do that via reducing your portion size and just eating the same things, or whether you do that because you've switched out um, the carbs on your plate for a load of veggies instead or something for one of your meals, or you've you know used so like a good one's kind of, uh, so we said about the potatoes uh, with celeriac, maybe you uh, get yourself a spiralizer and you spiralize things like butternut squash and courgette and carrots and things like that and you use that instead of pastas uh, or noodles. Um, it's just like different things of making your food volume the same but just for so many less calories and that's just such an easy simple way of um, just changing just a few things, still eating the, you know, the food you enjoy um, but just taking some of the calories out. Um, can I can I do a little plug in here? So, so I often post quite a few food swap recipes in my group. So uh, on Facebook, if you search Evolve Nutrition Community, um, there's a load of recipe cards in there that I put already. And just you just reminded me because one I recently did was my butternut squash lasagna, which nice. is hugely high protein, reasonably low carb, um, and then like very low calorie. I mean, like a portion of lasagna was like 295 calories or something and then you're talking 30 plus grams of protein like you will not get another lasagna like it and to be honest all right it's not a full fat bechamel sauce um pasta lasagna but it actually tastes really nice and like a really good alternative yeah i i did one very similar for my group and instead of pasta sheets i just used the thinly sliced courgette you get the really really mm. big chunky ones um, and just use that instead of the pasta sheets. So yeah, probably similar sort of approach that we we both took. Yeah, because um, I think I mean T Tesco's and Sainsbury's both sell like butternut squash sheets already. Oh, do they? Made. Oh, wow. Yeah. So all you literally do is you can just layer them. So you just oh, sell them in the cool. usual fruit and veg aisle. So it's yeah. all and the same with like courgette. I mean, you're you're obviously better off from a economy or a money monetary economy perspective in spiralizing your own stuff because it'd be a lot cheaper but you can't be bothered and you've got a bit of spare cash just buy pre-spiralized they do butter squash noodles in asda mm -hmm. they do um obviously courgette carrot all those already and they're just such a good alternative to pasta and just with such reduced calorie content yeah so many of the supermarkets do the packs of them now um one of my favorite things i quite often get actually um so when i if there's a co-op nearby i get their root vegetable mash i think most places do it now but you know they use oh, i can't even remember what they use in there but very you know like, yeah carrots and sweet and stuff like that so it all right like you say you know sometimes the taste is going to be a little bit different but a whole pack of that is like 200 calories i think whereas a whole pack of like creamy mashed potato would be like 500 calories so i think a lot i think a lot of that as well is that you're just like conditioned or traditionally used to tasting certain foods like every it's almost like you make a meal at home you've got to have a meat a potato and something or other and some vegetables if and any and even that's probably maybe even a bit extreme for some people but you almost it's almost like you've got to have potatoes with every meal yeah but actually well when i found that since i've got into nutrition and i've done a lot of these food swaps through dieting a normal meal for me is not necessarily to have potatoes. It just doesn't almost doesn't occur to me. That yeah, makes sense. or pasta or whatever. Or yeah, yeah. I, I almost never eat. I know you're a big fan of pasta, but I almost never eat pasta. Like mm. almost never. I think my biggest one's bread. Like you can't really supplement bread, and I love a sandwich. So that's my kind of 
No, but on that, good, good. You can start to do other stuff though. Like I've got a few tips on bread. So, like tortilla wraps, obviously, yeah. generally a lot lower carb because there is just less, less of mass, it. yeah, less of it, yeah. Um, but also, there's other things like I. You can buy smaller loaves. So mm-hmm. I quite will often will have like I think Warburtons do like they call it a premium loaf, but it's like sixty calories a slice because it's just a bit smaller. Yeah. And like, yeah. I don't even you know if I, if I want bread. A lot of the time, it's because I just want bread, not because I want a lot of bread. So I don't even really notice the size difference. But all of a sudden, it's like almost half the calorie content. You know, you're talking 100 calories a slice generally, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're kind of looking there at kind of reducing portion sizes, I suppose, aren't we? So yeah, and that's almost yeah, that's almost part of it. And that's that's quite a good. I think they're just quite good good swaps. Or well, certain things I do, or there's things like um, kind of got into of late milk loaf, brings me back to my childhood. Yeah. That stuff is brilliant. Really thin, light, white loaf of bread, which is just like, again, like 40 calories a slice or something. The uh, Hovis Thins as well. They're like pre-sliced little square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever thins, it's supposed yeah, to be, yeah. Um, they're really good, really, really low calorie. I used them a lot when I was dieting, yeah. So, so I mean, there's loads... That bagel we, Thins. Bagel Thins, Sorry. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Bagel yeah. Thins. Uh, switch out. <clears throat> there's so many different things. I mean, we've just given you a handful of things there where you could probably go away and make a week's worth of meals out of different things, you know, lunches and um, and dinners and stuff like that. And I think a lot of people kind of trip up around breakfast. Um, I'm not always the best person to ask about breakfast because I'm such a creature of habit when it comes to breakfast. If I'm working from home, it'll be scrambled eggs on toast. Take the yolks out, I suppose, and you've got egg whites then. Um, or you can buy egg whites and you can still have scrambled eggs on toast. Because um, let's face it, we all put ketchup or brown sauce on it so that's all you can taste anyway so it doesn't really matter does it if you take the yolk out um or if i'm working in the shop then i have cottage cheese with something potentially rice cakes or something like that low-fat cottage cheese i'll put a tiny drop of golden syrup in there to actually make it taste nice um um, yeah i'm a creature of habit with breakfast but i don't know what do you boys use for for breakfast alternatives or food swaps if you eat breakfast i mean if you're not hungry then don't eat breakfast there's nothing wrong with that uh, on my at the moment as i am obviously trimming back calories my i'm keeping breakfast pretty low i think i'm just having a i think it's a la sort of quirky yogurt yeah type yeah, yeah. thing Quark, yeah, yeah just just to get a sort of hit of protein in and then I probably won't eat till lunchtime. So I'm, I'm all right. I can make do without breakfast pretty much. But before Brett says his, I don't, we're talking sort of breakfast time. If you kind of, you'll find a lot of people, office workers especially, will hit up the, hit up a Costa before going to work or on the way to work, won't they? And if you're having a latte, what's that? That's 250 calories for a smallish one every day of the week. If you cut back on that, you're already saving yourself a fair amount of calories anyway. Yes, it's another good so spot there. Being yeah. mindful about what you sort of drink it, especially we're always going about drinking, how easy it is to drink your calories and how quickly they mount up. So being quite mindful about what you buy or sort of have, having lattes, you can probably have two, two lattes a day and you're really looking at 500 calories-ish. Whereas yeah. if you switch that out to either black coffee or sort of white coffee with a dash of milk in, then you're obviously saving yourself a, a fair amount of calories over the week. Of course, yeah, another good one. Yeah, don't drink your calories. Yeah, good. 
I, I, when I when I'm dieting, I just Ed, I'm like you. I don't really tend to have breakfast. Um, I think breakfast foods, what people consider traditional breakfast foods, are probably some of the more difficult to come up with lower variants of them. Um, you you kind of touched on some already. So some of my go-to's generally are if I want like a, a full Englishy brunchy sort of thing, egg whites, heck chicken sausages or porky lights. They're pretty good. They're really low calorie. Or heck, I've just done a super slim pork variant which again, like 100 calories a sausage. So a couple of those, pretty much mostly protein now. So hugely fat reduced. Some egg whites, maybe like a small bit of toast or bagel thin or something with a huge amount of mass of bread. Um, small beans, and all of a sudden load of veggies, maybe some like grilled tomatoes, mushrooms. You do actually have quite a low calorie, large breakfast. Yeah. Um, it's just those, or bacon medallions, another thing, just get rid of all the fat and obviously the, 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 the more calorie-dense parts of it. Just buy bacon medallions, like 40, 50 calories of bacon medallion or something. And all of a sudden, you've got a really high protein, a bit of fiber, reasonably low carb and, and low fat. And obviously, we're not demonizing carbs or fat here, but it's just the outcome is it reduces the total calorie intake, just so people are aware. That all of a sudden, yeah, it's quite a, a good breakfast to have. Now, for, if we're talking about weekdays where people are struggling for time, probably not going to be a go-to thing is it it's more of a weekend thing i think for most people yeah i think some of the other, other things you can maybe consider if people like or, uh, porridge then like okay there aren't really many swap for oats but what you can do is maybe swap some of the oats for grated courgette trust me actually works pretty well sounds rank but actually it's pretty good got a couple of uh, heads shaking at me right now but have you boys even tried it yes i tried it as soon as sophie kelly who was on She's a big um, fan episodes of, things, of it. She yeah. kind of like brought it to everyone's attention, I think. Um, and I tried it. I don't know whether I got it right, but nah. I think you probably was it too sloppy or wet? No, it just just didn't taste right. Okay, I it may, I don't know. If you do it right, it's really good. You don't actually notice the fact it's got courgette in it. Um, I think there's a really good method of sweating the courgette off before you add your oats and anything else. And you don't use huge amounts of liquid. Um, in fact, actually, shout out to Gordon Greenhorn because I think he did a live, Facebook Live once, I remember, and actually had a really good recipe for it. But um, it, that's just, it just obviously, again, it just lowers the carb calorie content and just, it, I think it's a good swap. The other thing is also swapping your milk for things like coconut milk, almond milk, bang or in. almond milk. It tastes, coconut really, milk. it tastes like whole milk when you're dieting because it's quite creamy. Well, I don't mm. know about that. No, Ooh. it definitely does. I've yeah, got clients. Well, hooked on it absolutely hooked on it and they they even when massing they still have almond milk because they prefer the taste of it to normal milk um uh, i really like i think it's alpro do a coconut milk which is like 40 calories for 250 mils so again it's like less than half a normal milk and it actually tastes really nice like basically very coconutty sort of milk but really i guess it's it's not coconut cream it's like milk so don't expect to be really creamy but it is really nice it's a really good swap and again just again lowering that calorie content so there's some of my breakfast stuff Nice. They do a half and half as well, don't they? Uh, almond and coconut. Probably. Yeah, I think some of those ones are quite high in calories. You've got to be a bit careful because some of the ones I do with like rice and coconut as well, which are a bit like they're they're not really any different than normal milk, which is fine. Nothing wrong with it. But again, if we're trying to look for things to to lower calorie content, I mean, there is an argument that some of this stuff might be futile for a few people because. I guess it depends on how much of what you're eating. These feud swaps are only going to make a difference if one they all add up, and two you don't overcompensate by having other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, which could happen, um, but yeah, yeah. So obviously you've got to be mindful. So that's one kind of the whole term of mindful eating, you know, <laughs> just because you're eating slightly lower calorie things. So like, if you're eating, I don't know, chicken sausages instead of normal sausages, like 
potentially eating the whole pack, even though it is tempting, might not be the best idea because it, if you have a whole pack, whereas you only normally have two full-fat sausages, you're probably eating similar amounts of calories. So, you know, eat the same kind of quantity, I suppose, just with that lower calorie option. Um, I think the best one, really, especially if you're making like home-cooked food, um, well, just avoid processed food, really. Um, but if you're making home-cooked food, just pack your plate full of veggies. Um, if you're making something in a wok, just bang loads of mushrooms, loads of courgettes in there, because those are things that are just like, there's nothing to them, and they just fill up the plate, fill up your belly. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I think we should probably motor on to the next... I was going to, I was just wondering whether you just want to add in maybe like, I know we've kind of have put a lot of applicable stuff because we've named a lot of good food swaps and stuff like that, but whether you just want to put a few mindful eating, intuitive eating or eating better style, like low hanging fruit things they can do. So like Paul, you touched on one straight away, drink, don't drink your calories. It's one thing you can implement straight away. Just don't drink calories. So orange juice, lattes, alcohol, um, yeah. just avoid them because they just can add up. Um, or if you're yeah. wanting to do a food swap with alcohol because you're a raging alcoholic like 75% of the world, um, drink white spirits because they're like 70 odd calories per shot. Whereas something like a Strongbow, Dark Forest Fruits or like a Bournemouth Strawberry Cider or something, you're probably looking at like 250, 300, 350 calories per pint. Um yeah, so you know, be mindful with your alcohol content as well, uh, and the kind of the sugar in that. And lagers still aren't great; they're slightly lower. But white spirits, they're the best because it's just it's pretty much just alcohol and water uh, with a bit of flavouring. But again, yep. just don't drink. drink just, just don't drink. Just don't drink. Yeah, says um, the man who doesn't drink. Says Some of us need to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Only Um so yeah, I, and, and some of the other things I was going to say is like, focus most of your meals on just literally protein, vegetables, and then snacking on fruits. Because again, they're all kind of proven to help with satiety and keep you fuller. So in like a an ad libitum environment almost, I suppose, and where you ad libitum means you just eat to pleasure, that hopefully they will stop you eating more to pleasure because they naturally make you feel a bit more full. So that's quite a good thing. So again, just think your meals, a, a lean protein source, load of vegetables, um, small carb sauce maybe of, or starch sauce of potatoes or rice and then like fruits during the day. Good non-tracking method where I've implemented it, right? And don't add fats to the food as well. Like so many people, oh, I'm going to add a big dollop of mayo to my food or whatever it's to, to make it taste nice. Like just don't do it because those things are just so, so high in calories. If you're going to have to, like if you really have to add something like mayonnaise to everything, use the lighter than light and stop being so particular about the taste of it. it. It all tastes the same. Like people who say, oh no, lighter than light doesn't taste anything like normal mayo. It pretty much does. Just get over it. Yeah, it do, it doesn't, but it does after a time. It? It, like, it, it doesn't taste exactly the same. But to be fair, I'm not even a mayo eater. I don't even really like mayo, so I never eat it. But like I know with things like full fat yogurt compared to to, to to low fat yogurt, it doesn't taste the same. But if you don't kind of have it, you don't get used to it. Yeah. Or you yeah. you kind of get used to not having it, I should say. And it means um, forever, is it? Like you know, if you're wanting to lose a bit of weight, like we said before, it could only be for a few weeks. You could just be really strict with yourself for a couple of weeks, and then I'm not saying go back to eating the way you were eating before because you just put that weight back on. But um, you know, you don't have to kind of live eating boring, bland food and lots of vegetables for the rest of your life. Yeah. Just be mindful when you get to your ideal weight. Let's move just, on anyway. Just one, I just wanted to have one other thing before we do. I know we obviously <laughs> we're desperate to move on, but 
I think one of the things I quite liked what got brought up in by I can't remember who I think it was Sarah or Martin one of one of the guys in one of the MNU um, lectures that we went through and it was about um, eating out and I thought it was quite useful so one of the things to do is actually um, almost like I don't know if it was that wasn't what Martin turns carbohydrate bunching but it's more around like when you're out eating out if you're obviously not specifically looking at calories, a really good, useful tool to implement would be to pick something that isn't both carb and fat dense. So I think some examples are like pizza, very high fat, very high carb, maybe not the best choice when you're out. Um, so maybe go for something like a pasta, which isn't like, again, high fat and high carb. So like a red sauce pasta, so yeah. a tomato based pasta rather than a creamy one. Um, or like if you want a steak and a salad, so you've got high fat, high protein steak, but obviously low carb. Or you could go higher carb and then have a, a lower fat alternative. I'm trying to think of a high carb, low fat alternative. Nando's or like a chicken salad. A like all the I rice. Suppose, yeah, yeah. So, so like yeah, like you a get rice, to a curry rice house or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a, ta- a ta- what would it be like a tandoori, like a dry sort of yeah, or a shaslik, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So just just splitting them up because inevitably, you know, it's not magic. It's just a case of if you're picking something that's high in one macronutrient but not the, not the, or high in fat on and low in carb or vice versa the likelihood is going to be lower calorie than picking one high in both i thought it was quite useful tips to throw in because i think it could be useful just for a lot of people do that in general like that. as well like i to be honest with you, i used to preach that quite a lot and then somebody moaned about it and i just didn't um but I, yeah i used to just used to say that to clients all the time um don't have loads of carbs and loads of fat in the same meal because <laughs> you're just wasting calories so yeah. Well, it's a good tip just to follow if you do just want to lose some weight because yeah. inevitably, we say it should reduce calorie consumption. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Cool. Right. So after you're leveled up, after you've done all those things, and either you've got to a certain point you're happy with, but you want to move on a bit further, or maybe it's not necessarily working for you anymore. Paul, what's next? We were talking. When we were talking about a calorie, or the main sort of thing to be aware of is obviously. As we've said, like your mind was what's but the calorie, what they actually I've got stuck here for a second. So just being um, a, talking about the main thing you need to consider if you want to lose weight, we know it's been a calorie deficit, right? So yeah. maybe that maybe the next thing is just think about well, counting calories. It's kind of like the the first things we talked about weren't really tracking methods. They were just kind of simple food swaps and other stuff. Now we want to talk about well actually now I just maybe focus on counting calories and make sure I'm in a calorie deficit, right? Yeah, sorry, cut now. Um, yeah, so obviously, count, cut, when you start to begin to count calories, um, and obviously become aware of what's actually in the food, or sort of what uh, makes up your food, and the amounts in it, and then you're talking. Oh, I guess we're talking about think, using tracking methods like my fitness pal, which obviously give you an instant idea <coughs> of calorie content. They're obviously not. I think I read. I saw a post uh, or somewhere on social media about that was obviously. I think it might have been Dan again. Dan Davies, the flexible dieting coach, was saying obviously about you can become sort of over reliant on sort of things like my fitness pal, whereas they can be. They're not obviously the most completely accurate way. Sometimes uh, using them, obviously. To gauge your gauge your sort of what you're putting in, even though they're not completely accurate, it's it's going to give you a, a 
better idea than not tracking your food at all. Yeah, absolutely. I think it does at least provide a level of education, doesn't it? Which you wouldn't get if you didn't track. Yeah. So whereas people kind of, you might see um, a lot of sort of knocking of tracking, of using MyFitnessPals and sort of the food trackers that you have, it's still a giving you a step up than completely uh, eating in the darkness, as it were, or get all sort of guesswork. At least you're able to maintain some level of consistency with your food, and and sort of your tracking of of calories going into into your uh, into yourself and into your body. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think uh, and ironically, some of the biggest barriers you get around counting calories, all these methods of of tracking, like you say, my fitness pal as an example, are often bashed because oh, I don't have time to do it. I don't have time. There's too much hassle. And obviously you, you go back to the first video I ever saw with James Smith, who obviously we had on the podcast, and it's obviously his, his, uh, his video around um, the, pre- the premise of saying, oh, you're too busy to track your calories. Then it skips to him in a scene on the toilet playing Candy Crush on his phone. And it's, then, then it skips a bit where he could have been putting in his food for the day in his diary. It takes two minutes as an example. Or says, oh, I'm too busy to do this. And then it skips to you laying on the sofa browse on facebook and it's just kind of like well that's kind of a scenario we think well actually you do have plenty of time to do this stuff how important is it to you to to do it yeah definitely yeah obviously it's it takes it it's like with everything once it once it becomes a habit it's easy isn't it it becomes a lot quicker and you become a lot more sort of keyed up with um using it you can save save meals that you have every day i mean i know while i'm cutting or sort of trying to cut my calories back every day i'm going to my standard tuna and half pack of rice and a sort of i take a big sort of one of those one pound salad bags to work and that will sort of get me through and i know that meal is going well that's going to be my lunch for five days a week so it's it's just inputted straight into uh, my fitness pal so i don't have to worry about that same you as must, the you breakfast must have, you must have tuna input like literally every day anyway right yeah, yeah. every so meal you eat every That's meal it. tuna yeah tuna how would you, you get around just... this then so this is one that i kind of see especially as i work with well, when i do work with people who have got families and stuff so um not everybody is on their own or not everybody kind of just makes food for themselves. They have to make food for a family. So I get a lot of ladies in some of my groups and um, they're cooking for everybody. So how would you recommend getting around the fact that you're cooking a meal for four or five people? Um, well, I guess obviously, um, depending on what type of meal it is, obviously you can, if it's a single sort of chicken breast meal, but you're cooking for them. You kind of already have your chance of inputting in a, a single solid um, chicken breast, and then I suppose for bigger sort of batch cooked meals or bigger meals that you would split into four, you can kind of, as I would do, I would just sort of set it up. Obviously, in my saved ones, if I was making a chef or like a, a chili or something like that, so the input the entire ingredients, and obviously then. You can kind of split the portion in by quarters. So, so save it as a recipe. Yeah, save it as a recipe. So I have everything that if I have one or sort of two, two servings, it's like it's the same as on the back of a packet, isn't it? Really, when you look at it, if you look 
and you're looking at the ingredients or the calorie content, it obviously you're being mindful and looking, it will say serves one as a main meal or serves two as a snack or part meal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I suppose the same. I suppose another alternative, depending upon how coming back to the original point of depending on how uh, important their goal is or how much time they've got or kind of how extreme they need to be. Another could be actually estimate. And you're still kind of tracking calories. You know you're not going to be necessarily 100% accurate because you've not actually physically tracked those individual ingredients, etc. But to be honest, for a lot of people, it might be like, I've made a chilli, so I will just go and use a Waitrose chilli, blah, 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 you know, off off the food database just because it's kind of going to be there or thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. that's good. And also if, like, using a pack, cooking for you and your partner um, and you're having half the pack or maybe you don't eat as much as them so you're having a third of the pack uh, just scan the barcode of that and then do one third of the total weight that's a good way of, a way of doing things uh, but yeah like, to be honest with you I'd probably make it as a recipe and just use it as one portion of the recipe or whatever and then just each time you make that just weigh out your ingredients before you cook them and um, and just edit them in the recipe uh, that's, that's what I do if I'm making a batch or something uh, yeah Cool. So, so who do you think then should be sort of tracking calories? Who do you think should be kind of, when, when is the point that you should step up to track calories potentially? I think um, obviously when you, as we've sort of gone along, the starting point is if someone's wanting to lose a bit of air or lose some sort of fat or gain control of sort of their eating and being that mindful eating is sort of the, the small changes first of all before you start then looking into the calorie content calorie tracking then moving on to sort of very sort of a lot more re- regimented sort of ways that you can use it so i would say once you kind of get your head around um sort of the mindful part of eating because as you said uh, earlier Reddit, you don't want to because obviously the main thing people do is when they want to lose a bit of weight, they just chuck everything at it all at once. They're restricting calories, trying to just do everything. And then it becomes sort of a massive ball ache within the first week and people kind of sack that off. So I think the old sort of learning as you go approach is always, is always very good. So definitely once you get past sort of working out, um, sort of the mindful part of eating and then looking at okay I want to step the game up and now sort of get my head around using my fitness paddles and stuff like that um I kind of waffled I, on <laughs> I think uh, with with a lot of my people so like I do my four week challenge and with that I do get people tracking straight away um is it always the best way I'm not too sure do I lose a few people on the challenge because it's maybe not for them potentially um but I think kind of tracking calories is an awesome way for people to just realize the calorie contents of food so unless you're looking at the packets of right okay well actually this is quite high in carbs I didn't didn't realize how high it is in carbs or fat or just calories in general I think even if you're just like you are being mindful it might be worthwhile just downloading the app and then just having a little look at things and then you know add it up and if in your head you're 
you know, you're not really bothered about what it says. This is I did this for quite a while actually. I wasn't sticking to a calorie goal. I was just tracking my food as I was going along to see roughly how many calories I was eating, and it made me a little bit more accountable as well. Because I thought, oh, you know, I'm already on two thousand calories today. Maybe I shouldn't eat that. I should eat this instead, um, even though I wasn't sticking to a goal. Um, but it's really good to kind of just realise like, oh wow, there's 16 grams of fat in each sausage, like I probably won't have the whole pack uh, like I used to, I maybe have only have a couple. Um, I, so I think kind of tracking calories from the off can be really, really beneficial for some people, especially if you just have no idea of the calorie contents of your food. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, that's a, that's a sort of a massive eye-opener, I think, for people. So, and I guess that at some some point can be the negative side that when people do see the sort of it's like having the, the sort of spotlight shined in your shined in your face isn't it yeah showing you that okay you're having this this or this donut plus on top of your dinner plus on top of this and you're saying you don't eat a lot okay you might not be eating mass amounts of volume of food but the the food that you are eating are really really calorie or calorific so it's, it's kind of like oh crap i've been shown what's what what is going wrong here mm. and then so but then you could once you understand understand it that's when you sort of you can start incorporating things into so you're not restricting everything out that you love or that you think you love and you can start playing around with sort of your food a bit more and sort of fitting everything in so i think that's it's a it's a great tool to start off sort of as in, in the early part but then you to, for, for you to use a lot as a better skill later on which yeah, we yeah. will be able to sort of incorporate a lot more things into your actual life just really just quick. on that oh, go on. Was... no just sorry man i just wanted to add because i think um i guess the, the the first part of eating better and intuitive eating you kind of have to be a bit more restrictive and i think we talked about that before again on other podcasts but i guess this is why Slim and World and Weight Watchers is quite popular and works, I guess, quite well for a lot of people in that counting calories allows them to include types of foods. And you kind of did just touch on that, I suppose, but allows them to incorporate types of foods that they enjoy while still being able to make progress. So they can still have a small bit of chocolate or this or whatever it is they actually like, whatever their vice is, as long as they still remain within their calorie allowance almost. So that's quite quite a popular thing for the diet, and maybe why someone would want to move away from eating better in terms of that what we defined as the first start of, of setting up your diet um, into a more calorie counting method, or whether actually they might want to just start straight away with that almost because you know if they're counting their calories, they can do that without fear of going over as long as they don't overeat. Yeah, it allows that flexibility, doesn't it? Definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's what a lot of people. Uh, Again, going back to my challenge, the, um, this last intake I had a really, really awesome intake, and um, so many people were sort of saying, "Oh, a lot of people had done various uh, lean in so many minutes uh, plans uh, before, and they were saying, "Wow, you know, I've started looking at my calories, and I kind of added up a few of the meals that I was eating on this particular plan that they paid for before, and they were like, "No wonder I wasn't losing weight because I was eating like a thousand calories a meal, and I'm a fifty five kilo three foot two woman um like and it, yeah so that's just kind of one thing but also i was going to mention earlier paul it's funny how you say about foods that you think you like um i got this client who obsessed with pizza um and they used to have a couple of dom dominoes a week 
Um, and they're not by any means out of shape at all. Um, but, so she'd been dieting for five, six weeks, and then I gave her a refeed. Um, so she had a few more calories, and so she was going to use that for, for a Domino's pizza, which she hadn't had for weeks and weeks and weeks. And she had it, and she messaged me saying, it doesn't taste the same. I no longer like Domino's. <laughs> so I put this, like, pizza addict off pizza. <laughs> yeah, so it is funny that, you know, when, when you kind of, you, you're not used to foods that you haven't had for a while, and you think you kind of big them up so much, and sometimes they're not as good as what you think, and it's kind of almost in your head, um, yeah, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, because I mean, I think sort of um, sort of a point we negated as well is going back to that sort of old clean eating sort of style, where people think because food is deemed clean, it's not going to be. It's not the calorie count still. The calorie amount still counts in it. Yeah. Some of them are going to be actually higher than you actually anticipated. So that's why, again, tracking your food or tracking the. Uh, calorie amounts in foods is, is good just to give you that awareness because if you're eating I don't know something like chicken Smack, and olive oil and uh, I say smashed avocado on toast yeah add in avocado to everything and avocado peanut butter on toast and you've just ramped up a boatload of calories just but you're still in in a lot I do still see it a lot um people dieting or whatever but having that and then you'll see six months online they haven't made any progress it's because they haven't taken into account the fact that some of these foods are quite calorific just because they're deemed clean or sort of the organic health foods. Superfoods. They've still got calorie content. Yeah, it's a health halo effect almost as well, isn't it? That's what it is. Um, so just, just moving it on a bit because obviously thinking of time-wise, so something applicable for people, so for counting calories, I guess – um, and chip in obviously where you, you feel appropriate you too but I guess counting calories you could probably just like you say download a, an app or a, a method away of counting calories you could write down a pen and paper if you really wanted to but obviously I guess it might be a bit difficult um, but just track how many calories you're eating track your weight and obviously if it's decreasing over time you know you're in a calorie deficit if it's not it's going up you're probably in a calorie surplus all right it's a bit more complex than that but we can't go into too much detail obviously on the podcast but kind of get you a good idea if you just measure your weight over time and obviously just bear in mind it will fluctuate a lot obviously daily almost um so you kind of want to be looking at averages over a week or a number of weeks and obviously it just gets you a bit of an idea if you can then track those trends and see if you need to reduce your calories or not and that's an applicable action for people right yeah and your clothing that's yeah. always going to be a, a. I know there's some trousers I was starting to struggle to fit in in my bulk period. Um, so yeah, that's once I know that sort of a different belt notch is being used, you've kind of got to start thing. You know that's a sign for you to go one way or the other, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Same with progress pictures. As well, again, if you're looking leaner in pictures. Get a second opinion from people, show your partner or your family or whoever or friends and just say, do I look leaner? You're obviously getting a, a good idea of whether you're losing weight or not. So, Yeah, people tend to tell you as well quite quickly. If you're losing weight, yeah, probably not so much if you're putting on weight, though. Or you will get some insensitive people. Yeah. Say, oh, you're looking very healthy. Get a few more hugs. Christmassy <laughs> hugs. Um, cool. And I guess the last thing we wanted to talk about was the next step, I guess, in a bit more detail of macro counting. 
So for those that don't know, um, we did touch on, I guess, in some of the other podcasts again, keep seeing like we say that a lot. Um, but yeah, a, a macro, obviously a macronutrient, and obviously each macronutrient, protein, carbs, fat, and alcohol all have an equated or a, or a calorie um, equated to them, or amount of calories, I should say. So effectively, it is a form of counting calories because if you're counting macros, you are counting calories at the same time because you're counting the amount of calories in those macros. Um, but just by breaking it down, so where you're counting calories, you're not bothered about necessarily the breakdown of macronutrients, so the amount of protein, carbs, and fat you're eating. You could go in a whole other level where you then start to uh, what's the word? Define. The, I don't know if the, I can't the right word now, but just just worry really more around exact specific amounts of protein, carbs, and fats you're eating. So again, you, you're probably going to be using something like a MyFitnessPal or, or something of equivalent to be able to track the amount of macronutrients in each food. But again, I think it just brings a really good level of education for people so they can, at some point, hopefully go full circle and go back to that intuitive eating or eating better, um, but with far more education. So they actually can start to just make off the cuff decisions on what they're eating and just, just kind of almost wing it. But obviously, winging it in a in a way where they're not just shooting in the dark totally, and they're, they're kind of making educated guesses almost. Yeah, kind so, of like controlled eating always is, is that sort of, as opposed to just blind eating. Yeah, kind of. and, I, and I, I suppose one like why would you bother? Like why is it important? So I guess things we've already talked about, like protein's important for um, obviously general health, for building muscle. Um, it's used in every cell in the body so obviously we do need to eat a, a good amount of it it's also going to be making you feel more full satiated over time so again it's probably why you need to be to make sure you, you re- eat a reasonable amount of, about it i guess tracking some of the other ones so eating enough fat is going to make it a lot easier um to to not overeat necessarily on fat and calories i guess but also they're important to make sure you do eat enough to things like um hormone synthesization is that even a word synthesization i just made that word up i might have just made that word up might i, I think um so. but also yeah fat fat soluble vitamins to make sure obviously you can absorb enough fat soluble vitamins because there are a lot of fat soluble vitamins which was it a d and k oh, i can't remember um but anyway yeah there's enough obviously vitamins that you need require to have fat sources to be able to absorb them with so again it's important uh and finally just because i'm rattling through this Carbohydrates, I guess they are really important for energy. So you want to be making sure that you're getting them uh, or getting enough of them to shoot your energetic needs. Call your dog's loud, mate. Um, <laughs> didn't like that energetic needs. Well, uh, but I guess another thing to think about is if you're training and exercising a lot, you probably want to be able to know what carbs you're eating to fuel that performance. Again, we've talked about another podcast, but by tracking your macros, it does allow you to then periodize that nutrition yeah anything to add have i really rattled through that nailed that pretty well yeah i mean i think like you say we've gone through that bit slightly quickly but then if it's flummoxing you they'll have to go back and listen to prior uh podcasts that we've done if you're new to this if this one you've just picked up and we've got a whole catalogue of 13 episodes prior to give us more information to yeah it might give you a little bit more insight into a few things that we've kind of touched upon in a bit more depth um yeah if, if you if you if you haven't listened to any others there's going to be a lot of helpful tips in in the others as well so and if you're still struggling then maybe you should reach out and get a coach that would be the the next tier wouldn't it um 
yeah, if, you, if you're struggling, you don't really know what to do, you need somebody to just push you in the right direction and give you a helping hand um, or a kick up the arse, uh, then yeah, maybe taking that next step and, and getting somebody to help you with it is potentially the step for you. Who knows? So, Ed, so Ed how might one do that? Um, well, it, you know, if you if you particularly like a coach on the podcast, maybe, or it doesn't even have to be one of us, um, if you follow somebody else, obviously they're not going to be anywhere near as good as us, but uh, <laughs> you could uh, go on to uh, social media, uh, you could uh, search for No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast on either Facebook or Instagram and message one of our pages, or if you particularly like one of the coaches, um, you could find them on social media, either Facebook, Instagram, um, or in one of the groups that we kind of mention a lot, either Nutrition Made Easier or uh, Evolve Nutrition Coaching, um, and and reach out in one of those uh, and just say, hi, help, please. Or or if you really like email, you could email No Nonsense Nutrition podcast at gmail.com if i got that right uh we do have another email as well i've not quite set it up yet so we'll go with that one first we do have a proper yeah, email that, yeah 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 so uh so obviously we'll just go with that i guess i mean obviously what i would say is if you're um obviously i guess matt and johnny under nme group have their lifelong lean project which is specific for women i guess isn't it so um if you're a woman and you want to learn some very useful lifelong lean tips not tips um it's it's an education process isn't it yeah so exactly so an education and skills yeah sorry um yeah education and a support group yeah so so that is obviously a really good cost effective as well way of, of kind of learning these skills and going through um if you're yeah i guess if you're um a male and you like the sound of of mine and ed's dulcet tones then we are soon to be opening some male specific coaching um so then obviously yeah so if you're interested hunt us down or email across um because obviously we've got a couple of spots open up soon and we mate? say yeah yeah i mean i think all of us as coaches kind of always have always have a, a spot for that lucky person um but uh, yeah we will be launching something a bit more kind of official underneath this kind of banner um very soon uh, yeah i've just um just been tagged in something on facebook obviously i wasn't on my phone whilst we we're recording but in the uh, nutrition made easier group i don't know if you can read that uh, heather, heather how on earth do i say a surname Doherty, yeah. yeah. Um, saying that the previous episode that Brett and I were on, episode thirteen, uh, is uh, her, her the best one yet in her opinion. So thank you very much, Heather. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Heather. Yeah, that is great. <laughs> well, so um, yeah. I I also put out didn't I last last week I said uh, I need to check obviously, but we'll give it some time. But keep the reviews coming if you can, because I will genuinely send you one lucky random listener who leaves a, a review don't care if it's a shit review although we'd prefer not to but we, i will send you a protein bar maybe to my own stash that competition is still running so yeah get your <laughs> reviews in um yeah. yeah and if you don't follow us on on social media already then do it get on there yeah. search for us find us follow us yeah, what's learn wrong more. with you learn more <laughs> right let's stop rambling because i think everybody's tuned out uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, I've I've got to get up six a.m. No, early in six a.m. to go to the gym tomorrow. Ugh, mate, you're grinding too hard. I know, I know. <laughs> right, right, cool. So, shall we 
push that button. Hit it. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.